It's shooting the shit with Trigger Mike and Hoodlum. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Mike is unfortunately super busy with work, and he told me that he hated me. Um, so we have uh, my good friend, It's Millar Time, from YouTube and Instagram, and we talk all the time. Uh, and he is now going to be um, a, a interim, maybe complete new co-host. Uh, maybe we'll have three of us on this podcast. I have no idea. Uh, I, but Mike will come back. Uh, but also, uh, It's Millar Time will also be here. So I don't know how you want to introduce yourself, but just give us the, uh, the uh, quick quick spin off on you and what's going on with you, man. Uh... As far as like builds and stuff or yeah like what do you do like you so my my profession is a, i'm a quality auditor <laughs> oddly enough i'm a quality auditor that uh is auditing the you know quality of stuff on youtube <laughs> but um yeah i mean uh, i got into guns about whew, uh 10 years ago okay nine ten years ago uh, i wasn't brought up around them um, it was something that more, uh, you know, I'm in a restrictive state. So, uh, when they started, um, kind of cracking down on things, it piqued my interest of why they were cracking down, I guess. And at that point I invested in getting my first AR lower and that was the first firearm I ever purchased. Um, since then I've, I mean, we chat regularly, you know, I'm hooked. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm building all the time and, uh, trying out different things, trying to see, uh, what I get from changing parts out, changing optics out and see uh, what I get for that little bit more money. Mm -hmm. um, as well as uh, I did the School of the American Rifle Armors course back in 2020 to try to expand my knowledge around uh, armor stuff and understanding specs better. Yeah, my, my extent of armor stuff is a, a one week course uh, given to me by the United States Army. And they were like, hey, here's a TM, read it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was all i got um but yes they, no so let's do they use ahead. all the gauges and stuff like um yeah if you're I a guess. real armor yeah if you're if you're 100 you work on guns yes uh, uh okay. i i got it because they needed a certified armor in order Ooh. to do ammo stuff uh, um, okay. and i got it and to so quick quick spiel here uh in order to do certain things with ammunition in the national guard um there had to be a unit level armor so like someone who knew how to like do certain things and i'm going to tell you i went to a one-week school i did i took a test about a tm and then it was four days of drinking um <laughs> so so epic so yeah then um and then we we came back on a friday and they were like hey these are some of the things you're going to be working with don't touch our stuff um, you're not a real armorer, like we know why you're at this course. And so that was it. And um, I mean, I've, I did work on guns, like I changed out a buffer tube. I've, uh, I've had to swap lower receivers on, on M4s, things like that. Um, like I know how to put in an autos here and, and things like that. But it's just like, it was very, like, I had to learn all that at the unit. Um, and then what was even funnier was I got this thing, thinking I was going to go back and have to do like all these ammo audits. And they really only needed me to sign a piece of paper at the end of the ammo audit. Like they didn't even really need me there for the ammo audit. They just needed someone who had that course to sign the waiver to say that they did it. And I guess none of the supply people wanted to do it. So I ended up doing it. So real so quick. What, before, what is an ammo audit exactly? I have no idea. I've never done one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so uh, I, yeah, I was wondering, like, do they have you actually test? Like, did somebody test the stuff or 
I don't know. That <laughs> I think it's auditing how much ammunition we get in. But uh, okay. so let's let's break this down real quick. Um, Brownells is a not necessarily a YouTube or uh, podcast sponsor, but we are affiliated with Brownells. Uh, we buy a lot of things through Brownells. You and myself both, correct, Noir? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very grateful for uh, for everything they do for us and the uh, partnership all they the, created yeah. with us. Um, yep. So a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about, we will literally name off like what we get at Brownells. Um, this is kind of new to the channel, considering that both you and I are in the Bureau of Propaganda. <laughs> My buddy Mike is not in the Bureau of Propaganda because he's he's too hard trying to get over on the primary arms people because they're literally right down the street from us. So he's trying to do that. And I totally get it, but he's just not going to be as cool as we are. So um <laughs> I will say uh, to the Bureau of Propaganda and Brownells that thank you for your support of this uh, this podcast, my YouTube channel. It's Millar's YouTube channel, and uh, I can't uh, I can't wait to put out more for you guys. So let's let's hop into it. Uh, what uh, what are you working on right now? I know you have an AR nine and you have your Sons of Liberty Gunworks scalp. Yes, yeah, so I've I've got a couple. I have a couple AR nines. I have an SBR. Um, that is an eleven and a half inch barrel uh, due to state restrictions um but then because of that i went ahead and started building a ar9 pistol so i could try to go to a shorter shorter barrel um and i guess i should throw in there also because i'm running suppressed so with the can on the front um 11 and a half puts you damn well at 16 inches oh there you um, go so so i i the one i just threw together um which i did the the youtube on recently I believe that barrel is a eight and three quarters um, is a war sport barrel and war sport was purchased by zero Delta. Um, and I happened to pick up the war sport barrel through their clearance site, uh, peace geek. Um, oh, okay. So I snagged that for like dirt cheap. And then I probably had that for like a year and then they posted the zero Delta rails on there that were, to match that i mean mm -hmm. it's designed right to the length so the threads are just exposed and i jumped right on that because <laughs> it i mean it's a nice nice little package i mean it's a nice setup better than me i don't uh i don't i hate pccs um and i have to build one <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fun they're they're fun but i i think uh i think with the cost of ammo right now i almost feel like it somewhat defeats the purpose of what it was before because so, before, you know, it was like 18, 20 cents for a nine millimeter round. Mm -hmm. And the, these days, I feel like I'm paying about the same for nine millimeter as I'm paying for 5.56 five, sometimes. Well, so 5.56 five, is if you're looking at a case. So, case of 5.56, five, so a thousand rounds of 5.56, five, you're looking at like 600 plus yeah. for. For nine millimeter, I'm still looking at 350, 380 for a case. So and it, and it, I know at Brunel's the Magtech ammo is like 380 right now for a case. So that's, and then I think you price. get I think you get 25 bucks off if you use one of those codes or something that they have out released right oh, now. Okay. So um, Brunel's does a lot of a lot of codes. So if you if you scour the internet, you can find the codes to give you some extra cash off of there. Um, so Brunel's is pretty good about that. Plus I really love that if you have a problem with Brown's products, you can send it back, no problem. Because uh, I completely destroyed a hollow sun and I sent it back to them and they, <laughs> and they were like, okay. <laughs> and they sent me on a new one. So um, question to you about the AR9. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I have to build an AR9, but I have to build it with a 16-inch barrel. What yeah. muzzle devices should I be looking at? Ooh, uh, that's a good question. Like, what muzzle devices do you uh, run, or do you just have direct thread cans? I, I'm using the uh, three lug, so I'm using the Angusted Arms uh, three lug. Okay. So I can just put the can right on, but those come in a a sort of like A2 flash hider design. So it okay. has the three lug, but then it also has the flash hider on the end. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, I I think that setup is ingenious. I mean, that's uh, it's it's pretty smart setup. So last week I talked to you and we were talking about um, nine millimeter cans, and I was like, oh yeah, nine millimeter can would be something I would do. And then you told me how much maintenance went into a nine millimeter can, and I went, fuck that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pistol cans. Uh... I mean, I run 22 through mine as well, and 22 through it, that thing gets, it gets dirty. Um, I hate 22. Nine is not as bad. Yeah, nine is not as bad. Um, But yeah, there's definitely, there's some maintenance to that versus using um, like my rugged micro 30. Uh, I mean, that's, they say those are like self-cleaning. So you pretty much just keep your threads clean on your muzzle device and within the can and you're good to go. But Pistol cans, definitely some uh, some cleaning to be done. That's interesting. Um, what else is your, so you have a scalper lower, Sons of Liberty Gunworks scalper lower. What makes that super special? I mean, it's the roll marks on it that are uh, pretty funny. Are like they the, roll marked uh, or laser engraved? I saw somebody refer to it as roll marks yesterday. So that's why I said that, because I'm not sure. Well, uh, I, know I would imagine they, everybody's laser engraving these days, so mm-hmm. they're probably laser engraved. Who knows? We'll have to get in touch with Mike at Sons of Liberty Gunworks. Maybe ask him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a that's a good it's a good question. Um, but yeah, the the safety selectors on that are just they're funny. Yeah. What does it say? Like um, no. They have fucks. head canoe. Oh yeah, uh, head the, canoe. They, they, the uh, the no fucks is the um, oh shit. That's the. Uh, brownells pulled up because i was browsing stuff that's the soul snatcher soul snatcher smoke okay. break yes smoke break uh what's the one fucks and then no fucks or something like that? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah I, that one's awesome i want one of those too yeah i like their lowers and to be honest i would rather have one of their lowers than a geysley lower which i did that review on the geysley lower the other day and somebody got very angry um <laughs> but uh it's quite interesting that, um, like, what's your take on Geisley? Do you have any, give any? I mean, the only experience I really have with them is the buffer tubes that I got. Because uh, I have two of the OD green buffer tubes like you have. Uh, I got that trigger, the SSAX uh, government trigger, the contract over uh, overrun uh, ones. But, I mean, you heard my experience with that one. The first one I got, I had... Uh, big gouge in the disconnector and that's a 300 and what is it 330 dollar trigger 350 dollar trigger mm-hmm. so to have a massive gouge like that in it and it to actually be shipped out i found that kind of crazy um, well, i think i think geisley does a lot of qc but i think at the same time like that was a contract overrun trigger mm-hmm. so didn't you say they had to remake it for you when they they literally i when i messaged them about it um it took them guess it was about a week week and a half um but they basically had to piece together a trigger for me um and even i mean you know i'm a little ocd i've chatted with you about that a bunch Mm -hmm. but the one that they they sent me 
um, all of the laser engraving was like very light. And it was another thing where like, if you're spending that much on a trigger and later you go to like resell it or something, you can't have basically no markings on it. Nobody's going to believe what it is. <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't you, didn't you end up like, like sending back the worst parts of the two? Yeah. I, I wound yeah. up, uh, I, I reached back out to him and I was like, Hey man, like this is literally what people call out as a blem, like white markings. Uh, so this is a, a second blem trigger. Um, and I confirmed that the disconnector from the one would fit in the other. And the reason why I asked was when I looked closely at them, there was definitely a distinguishing difference in the tolerances. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, they're, they'll work. So uh, I, I took uh, I took the lightly engraved trigger and the um, gouged disconnector and sent those back to them and shifted the good stuff over to uh, the good gotcha. trigger. Well, that shoot, that's good. And, and they worked with you on it, so they weren't they obviously weren't butt hurt that you did it. No, yeah, they they were uh, they were easy to work with. I will say that. What I, what I want to know is if you have a warranty claim on that trigger, what is guys going to do about it? Oh, you mean because it's already been like warrantied? No, no, no. I'm talking about like, say you like, say you bought that contract trigger and you never had a problem with it. But then like three months down the road, you like completely sheared off the trigger shoe or something. Like, and you were like, mm. hey, this trigger shoe just came undone or it just disintegrated itself. Yeah, uh, like, like, yeah like the disconnector fully cracked in half or something. Yeah, you know, like, would they be able to be like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get you out a new one. Like, or would they have to remake that trigger for you? I, I will say Brownells did get them back in. So it's something that even though they pieced it together, it appeared they must have still been out there because when I bought it, they went out of stock at Brownells uh, and they were out for a month or so. And then they came back in. So they pieced it together, but they might've also had some kicking around that were going out. Mm, and then the, these, these days, like, I don't know if you saw, they released the SAA, the SS. AX, um, what the hell do they call it? The bolt, lightning bolt trigger. It's the one that they have in the Super Duty. It was only available in the Super Duty. It essentially was oh. the same as the contract trigger, but they changed the design of the, the trigger. So it's more straight, right? Uh, it has more of a flare to it. I think it's a little more straight, but it's also got like a flare off of the back versus like a thin trigger. Um, so the first time I had actually ever used a Gosley trigger was on my, my buddy's super duty. And I was pretty impressed by it, which was part of the reason why I was, when I saw the government trigger, I was like, that seems very close to what he had the closest that we can get right now. So I was like, I've, I've run it. I know I liked it. So I'm going to snag it. Um, yeah, I've been very hesitant to spend the money that Geisley is requesting on his triggers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's really just because I don't, I don't know if they're worth it. Like I have felt a LaRue trigger and some people are like, they're terrible. And I've had them that have like four, four pounds and they don't feel like four pounds. They feel yeah. a lot lighter. Uh, and then I've run Geisley triggers and I'm like, what makes this different than a LaRue? Hmm. You know? So it's like, I'm, I, and I've shot them back to back. So I'm yeah. like, I don't know what I want to spend money on. Like, and I have my POF trigger, my single stage competition, like cassette style trigger. Well, you're running the ALG, right? I have, I have three ALGs, um, two regular fucking just whatever came with the gun triggers. And then I have 
I have my POF three and a half pound single stage cassette trigger. And then I'm thinking about getting a Timney of some sort, but I don't, I don't, again, that's not a thing I'm looking at spending a ton of money on. And then um, I, I'm just not, I'm not a trigger snob. Like a lot of people are. I do prefer the straight triggers, like the straight uh, trigger shoe, but it's not, it's not a deal breaker if I don't have it. And some people are like, I can't shoot anything. Like there was one dude who got all butthurt that the grip angle on the KP 15 was the way that it was. And he was like, it needs to be (laughs) 17 degrees. And I was like, I don't understand your issue. Like, again, guns are completely subjective, but he was like, it has to be 17 degrees or I'm not picking it up. He's like, it has to be BCM gunfighter mod three in purple. And I will, and I'm like, dude, no problem. Like if that's you, then, then obviously the KP 15 is not for you. You're obviously not doing anything seriously with your guns, but I mean, that's obviously you. Um, And I totally get that. But to be honest, like I can see how some people are trigger snobs. And I can see if you're in a long range gun, if you're shooting long range, I can 120% agree with you that you want a trigger that's going to help you. But for a combat rifle or something that we consider like a, like a shit hits the fan rifle, I don't care if the trigger is the best. It just needs to be, better than mil spec that's really all it needs to be like it just I mean, needs to feel better than mil spec yeah i mean mil spec's pretty reliable the i mean the out of outside of mil spec and i've got i have a bunch of builds with just plain mil spec um well that's the thing too is i see a lot of triggers on the market that are quote unquote mil spec and i don't necessarily see them as mil spec they may use the same materials they may yeah. use the same springs all that stuff but if it's not like if it's a, it to me it's a mil spec style trigger it like just like 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 every ar-15 is not a technical ar-15 because colt owns the ar-15 yeah. like so it's like it's an ar-15 style of rifle yeah. um so that's kind of how i feel about mil spec i hate that fucking word by the way <laughs> um but yeah no that's that's how i go with it but if it's a if it's whatever stock trigger comes in the gun then that's usually okay with me i've had some that are terrible and some that are i mean very good um ke arms to be honest i've they've sent me a few of their triggers they're a little hit or miss but their triggers aren't terrible um i have not tried their dmr trigger yet and i haven't tried their like the recluse or the slt one but all their mill spec style triggers are very good um from everything i've run i only had one that was bad and ke arms sent out a new one they were like oh yeah no problem so they're pretty I've, good at that. I've been a big fan of the uh, unbranded AR. I think theirs is the ELG. Um, I believe it's electronically cut versus, I guess, using machines. Probably. So it, they feel super smooth. I, ha- I have theirs that are non-ELG and then the ELG. And the ELG is, it's smooth. Um, but I mean, you look at it and yeah, it's your standard... what are they black or gray or whatever color trigger and yeah uh, it it doesn't look like anything special i had somebody ask what was in my uh, sbr the the other week and i was like uh unbranded ar mil spec uh, elg like uh, yeah but i was kind of uh had i had a feeling somebody might have been trying to be kind of a trigger (laughs) yeah 
I mean, to, yeah, I, I love it when people pick up my guns and they're like, what kind of trigger is that? And I'm like, a really crappy one. Like, I don't yeah. know what you want me to tell you. Like, and they're like, well, how do you shoot so fast? I'm like, get better at shooting. I don't know what to tell you, you know? Yeah, it's like, practice. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> you know, I put a lot of rounds down range, man. Like, I'm, I'm at the range at least once a week. Like, at least. Sometimes I get to go twice a week, but most of the time once a week. And I'm putting 200 rounds-ish down every time. So... I mean, at least at least one of these boxes goes like every single time I'm at the range, uh, and this is like 130 bucks. So yeah, that's that quite adds a chunk. up. Yeah, so it's like once a week I'm spending. I buy I buy two every paycheck, so I usually get one down, and that's just so I don't deplete what I have here. But then if I have to do like some sort of test, I'm usually I usually buy a case of Wolf. Um, because to be honest, no one sponsored me and I know that everyone's like, Oh, you shoot that crappy wolf. I'm like, yep, I do. Um, you want to send me money? <laughs> so, uh, I had a guy that got, very I, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, it's really, if it, if it runs, yeah, yeah I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a matter of if, if it runs. Cause, um, and we've, we've talked about that too. Like some guns won't run steel, mm-hmm. uh, due to gas tube size and all that kind of stuff. But if you got one that runs it, you're good. Yeah. Um, I ran a lot of Tula, Tula ammo, like initially when I got into it. And um, I wound up, I strayed away from that and went back to brass, mainly because I had one that expanded in the chamber and I had to use a cleaning rod to pop it out. And after yeah. that, it was like, uh, I think for me in my head, it was like a reliability thing. And like, if I had to, uh, I guess, immediately in my head went to like a defensive situation i wouldn't want to run that and get <laughs> have one stuck in the chamber and i've never had that with brass well see that's the thing i wholly use steel for training like steel case ammo is always training it's never um it is never for like when i need to shoot people uh, which is very rarely uh but <laughs> Um, yeah no i would never use steel case for home defense i think that that would be a very bad mistake and you deserve whatever death you get from it uh, now granted do i think that um do i think that uh you're gonna you're gonna someone's gonna break into your house and you're gonna have a couple rounds of steel in your magazine no not not here but i mean if it happens the likelihood of of murphy's law is how i like to put it uh if whatever can go wrong will um and that's something that I, I wish more people would understand uh, in the sense of um, don't run crappy things. Like I love hollow sun optics, but on my, my end of all, like I have one really good bomb proof rifle that I know that if I pick it up 99 times out of a hundred, it's going to shoot. Like my optics going to be on the, the safety is yeah. going to work. Everything's going to work. The ammo that's in it is going to work. Um, just because that's where I put my money. Um, I have never, I've had to be that person who didn't have money at one point and, and, and done some of that. Um, so it's like, I have my guns that I depend on with everything. And then I have some of my guns that I'm like, you know, you're a little iffy. So we're going to be training with you. Um, and I have like shit the other day I I was at the range, I was shooting steel case ammo and I was shooting my MNP 2.0 and out of nowhere, it just decided that it wasn't going to shoot any of the Tula that I had put in it. And I was like, um, okay. So then I immediately put like 85 rounds of brass <laughs> through it. 
like immediately. I just loaded up magazines and I just dumped, dumped mags. And I'm like, I need you to work. I need to make sure you work. I'm going to make sure that you do work all the time. So it was yeah. I'm shooting really shitty steel case ammo that didn't want to work. And it made me go, fuck, is my carry gun bad? And then I immediately just dumped a bunch of brass through it. And I was like, okay, no, it's good. All right. It's not, it was the ammo, not the gun. So I try to look at it that way. Go ahead. I was going to say to kind of stem off of that too. Like, I don't think most people realize that um, guns are going to react. I mean, AR especially is going to react different in different temperatures. So like, I mean, I went out, it was 27 degrees. I went out a few months back. And initially, like I was having cycling issues in, until the gun got warmed up. But mm-hmm. like initially, I think it was like 10 rounds or so. It was it was fighting to, to run. <laughs> yeah. But then once you warm it up, it's okay. But then it cools down again and it has problems. That was uh, exactly. one of the, I think the SR-15E1 had issues in uh, Arctic climates. They were, they were finding out that the barrels were shrinking so much that um, the, the, the gas port... Were they squibbing? N- no, I think the gas port was oh, just shrinking yeah. too much. So what ended up happening is they're getting like 193 and they're only able to like single cycle it. They might have been squibbing it too. I remember reading a paper about it and this was like a couple years ago. So I would have to... But I, I do remember they were talking about like they had to re-dimension the barrel because of in Arctic climates, the guns weren't working at all um and i was like i was like that's interesting and now granted this was 2002 was when they were doing that you know so so that was that was a long time ago that was their first iteration i mean you got to remember that the e2 came out in 2006 and ran all the way up to like 2014 and then knight's armament came out with the e3 which is the new um, special forces rifle or some shit. I don't know. Um, but Knights makes really good government contract guns. So what do you... I, go ahead. I was going to say, what is, like, what is your opinion on them? Do you feel um, kind of like Geisley overpriced or, or they, um, are they worth what they charge? No, they're not worth what they charge. Uh, first of all, because if you saw the unit price for what they charge the government, you'd be fucking livid at what you pay for a Knights. Huh. Um, I think their unit price for an M4, like an M, uh, any of their upper or any of their whole rifles unit price for the U.S. military, I think it's like 700 bucks. Holy shit. Um, that's unit price. That's per unit. Now, granted, they're selling them 100000 at a time. Uh, yeah. FN's costs for their M4s, if you buy a, a standard military M4, no optics, um, just the iron sights that come on it. And uh, you, I think that's 480, 480 bucks unit price. Holy cow. Yeah, because uh, Knights is like a 1700 for like their upper 11 and a half inch upper is like 17 <laughs> or 1800 bucks. But Knights doesn't want to <laughs> sell to the public. Like Tim Knight made that very clear years ago. He was like, I don't want to sell to you. He's like, this is shit I can't get rid of to the government. Like, so and then I sell it on here, so it's not sitting in my warehouse. Like he he made that very clear. Doing he made he said something. He's like he's like you don't deserve my guns. Like he said something like that a lot. And I can't, don't quote me. Like I'm not like yeah. I don't know anything about. I'm no friend of Tim Knights or anything like that. But he has stated like before, like you don't you don't deserve 
like what I make this stuff for people who come at me for large orders. He's like, you don't, you don't deserve what I get. Like, like you, like the, the civilian, I don't make guns for regular people. I make guns for the military. You happen to get what I give you. Yeah. You know, like, and, and like, I thought that was like very eye opening. And that's, I think that's why he even said, he's like, yeah, that's why my guns cost $3,000. He's like, because if I had to sell them one at a time, that's probably what they would cost with as much QC goes into them. And I granted a lot of QC goes into them, but he sells so many guns. Yeah. The unit price is so cheap. Um, in order for me to justify a $3,500 Knight's Armament gun is just not something that I'm willing to do. But I mean, LMT, look at LMT. They make a high quality rifle. Yeah. I think their guns are probably as expensive as Knight's, right? I mean, 24 to 2800 bucks for a whole gun. Something like that. I've, I've seen somebody, I think there was somebody locally actually got one where it wasn't drilled for the, um, uh, the buffer retainer. So like it, like you're spending that much on a rifle, going through yeah. the background and checking all of that, and then you find out afterwards the yeah. thing's not even complete. Like <laughs> yeah, you got to send it back to them so they can finish it. Um, and the, but yeah, no LMT is charging like twenty four, twenty five hundred bucks for a complete rifle, but their unit price for the military is like six hundred bucks. You know, so it's like it's like you see it, you're like yeah, I get it. You're selling in bulk, so you're getting a shitload of a discount. Cool. Um, because you got to imagine Knights gets a contract, hundred thousand rifles. They can usually bust through that contract in about a month and two months, three months, maybe. It's crazy. But I mean, dude, they've got, I mean, have you seen Knights armor? It's like a warehouse. It's fucking huge. <laughs> um, but no, like I personally don't see stuff from Knights that's worth my, like worth my time, but there are people out there who are like, yeah. I'll only run Knights because that's what the U S government uses. And I'm like, hmm buy an fn dude <laughs> like, like there's no like the go ahead i was gonna say out of curiosity do you build most of your stuff like i do like i typically always mm -hmm. go i've pretty much always done well i have always done stripped upper and built from there yes. i've never went out and bought i might have to preface that because that one sons of liberty the angry patriot i got was a semi-complete so it didn't have the trigger in it <laughs> but but I pretty much built everything else uh, from stripped up. Um, yeah. So I, I, I personally like that. I don't know. I'm one of those people who's got to customize everything, I guess. I have to tinker with all my stuff too. Um, like the, the upper that I really would buy complete. Um, and I wouldn't buy the gun that way, but I would buy the upper, um, the Sage 12.5 upper. I really want. Um, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> My only problem is it has a forward assist and to be, and, and I know there are so many lefties out there, like the forward assist doesn't bother me. Yeah, the forward assist doesn't bother me if I have to have it on there, but I like the world I live in where I can take that off of there. And I like my stripped M4 uh, arrow precision lower uh, upper receiver that I can just slap together and put that put that on there. So to me- I, um, I, I, I will say ahead. if you get one of those, you got to get the lower though, man. You got to get the, uh, one of the, the fitment on those, I am. I cannot stress how impressed I am with how tight the fitment between lower and upper is on those. And I hear that a lot. I hear that like a lot with Sons of Liberty. Well, and to be honest, they oversize their upper and they undersize the lower. So they are supposed to match up really tight anyway. 
uh, and that's fantastic. And I'm wholly okay with that. Um, but I am on a huge KP15 kick. I think I have six of them right now. I know you're uh, almost talking me into them. <laughs> I know, right? And but I love them, man. I mean, they're they're light. They're all in one. They're super convenient. Like it's very easy for me to just pick it up and and run it. Like it's not like some of my friends' guns I pick up and I'm like, good lord, this takes forever. Which by the way, you can go buy KP15 at Brownells. Um I was, I, I was on there last night looking at the OD green one. I, yeah, could, no, I was having better. trouble falling asleep and I'm like, I'm going right. to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> they're never going to make another run of OD green. So when they sell out, they're gone. Okay. Well then I'm going to have to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you can buy the mil spec one that they have and it's good. Uh, it's a good one. I have two of them um, that I bought mil spec one. They sent me and one I bought um, and they are honestly very nice. Uh, and I love OD green. I mean, I have OD green, like everything. So, yeah. um, it's a great one. And that's actually going to be run with my trajectory arms, uh, build that I just got. So it's got a 13.9 sons of Liberty Gunworks barrel in it, um, that I got at primary arms. It's running a dead air chemo three prong. I've, they've pinned the gas block. They've pinned and welded the flash hider. I have my Midwest industries, uh, free float handguard, and then, uh, arrow precision, no K arms, upper receiver on there too. So did you, it was the Knox, right? You did the Knox no, muzzle device. No. no, you just did the key mod. Yeah. The three, the 13.9 okay. yeah, can take the chemo three prong. Um, if oh, it's okay. a 13, seven, it has to run the Knox cause that would bring it to 16. Um, but the 13.9, if you run the three prong, it'll bring it up to 16, 16.01 or something like that. It's like, it's like barely touching 16, but it's there. So, <laughs> so, um, if you run 13.9 barrels, you can run the standard three prong. If you run a 13.7, you have to run the Knox because they're literally like that far apart from each other. It's like, they're not, there's like, it's, it's like, you barely see it's, it. It's, it's like, crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, that. how do you word that? It's like a, one of those trivial laws or whatever, where it's just like, I don't, I don't understand how we got to the like, bar regulating the length of barrels. And that was so long well, before us that, you know, yeah, you know why they did it, though, right? Uh, I mean, I, I know the original tax stamp is based off the amount of the Tommy gun, because the Tommy gun was $200. So the actual tax stamp is based off of that amount. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were figuring that, you know, these gangsters, Al Capone folks out there, we're going to go out there and pay them another $200 to be able to run their Tommy guns. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's yeah. another, cr criminals aren't going to follow that. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we criminals saw, are just going to run their criminals <laughs> don't even pay their taxes. So there you go. Um, <laughs> exactly. But the, so the original thing with the, um, with silencers and short barrel rifles was they originally going to put handguns on the NFA, the National Firearms Act. And they figured that they couldn't get away with that because too many people liked handguns. So what they ended up doing is saying, well, since we were going to put handguns there and they had already, they'd already added in short barreled rifles to deal with the handgun thing. Um, they never took off short barreled rifles, but they took handguns off the NFA before they passed the bill. So short barrel rifles only remained as a, as a stay and they, and, and same with suppressors. So they were going to take suppressors off. Um, and they were like, Oh, well, we'll just leave it in the NFA and you just have to pay us to be able to have it. And yeah, it's like, I heard that was one that it wasn't even like 
debated. Like nobody even really discussed it. They just left yeah, they were suppressors like, on there. It's fine. <laughs> I, I I think it's honestly, it's another perfect example of, uh, I mean, politicians not understanding it. Let's just put it this way. Politicians will never understand the needs of the common people. Um, we have we have a president who's been in office for what fifty years. Not not the presidential Almost. office, but he's been in he's been in politics okay. for fifty years, something like that. And it blows my mind that there are people who are like, yeah, I'm in touch with his generation because he was the generation that was for segregation, that was for making sure that black people had their own water fountains. Like, I guarantee you, he called some black people the N-word. I guarantee it. Guarantee it back well, in the he, day he, he did that. They had that on camera, like in one of the congressional sessions, they have him saying it. See? So that, that to me is like, and how you convince an entire populace of people to vote red or blue blows my mind. I'm hardcore libertarian. I'm like, I'm like hardcore, like, I don't care what your political affiliation is, do you line up with my values? If you don't line up with my values, I'm not going to vote for you. You know, yeah. that's just kind of how I am. I know that there are many people out there, well, there's, it's the lesser of two evils and things like that. And that's a political I, conversation. I mean, I mean, my, my opinion on it is uh, I'm unaffiliated. I don't feel anybody should have to pick a party at all. Honestly, if you're picking a party, it's kind of uh, being a slave to the system. Well, that point, play Halo, Team Red or Team Blue. At that point, you know, <laughs> it, that, that's what that's what I've been saying the whole time. Is it's like I don't. That's another reason why I I get annoyed, like heavily annoyed at people who want to, um, how do I put it? People who want to continually go out and be a slave to the party. Like I have been a diehard Republican my entire life. Why are you a diehard Republican? Do you believe in what most Republicans believe in? Do you like, or if you're a Democrat, do you believe in what most Democrats believe in? I, I think these days, honestly, at least from my perspective, I think a lot of people are libertarians, but they just, they're voting party lines because they were brought up a certain way or, I mean, voting libertarian your party like right now there's really no chance for a libertarian to get in no so that i will that i will wholly rest on the fact that i voted for a libertarian instead of voted for one of the two jackasses that are currently up for election you know like i'm like yeah you know to be honest i think that a lot of mainstream things are are that because they can just wholly blind people into into going that route, um, and that's a that's a big problem to me. Is it's like why would you want to just do that? Like why would you really want to? I guess I guess it's just because I'm not built that way. But why would you want to blind people into being like, yeah, vote for me. I'll make sure you're good. And then all of a sudden, once they get in office, they completely forget about their voters and they go with whatever is going to make them the most money. And that's yeah. how I feel, honestly. I mean, that's the same with, I, I mean, I think it kind of ties into the, the media, like you said. I mean, it's uh, the propaganda machine mm -hmm. pushing that agenda because it, it's not, uh, you, I mean, we saw them shift. As soon as you came out of Trump, there was this gradual shift to now they're all anti-Biden. 
and the ones that are still trying to like prop him up it's clear that they're uh i mean like i mean jen pasaki you listen to her and she's lying through her teeth every time yeah oh well, i heard uh what the hell is that old bat's name um the one that's always next to chuck schumer what is her name nancy uh, pelosi yeah she was like, well, you know, I'm glad you didn't win last time because we really needed you as president this time. And I'm like, what? So you could line your pockets with more money? I mean, there was that person on Twitter that I thought was awesome. They were they were following her where she was putting her money. And it was making people like millions of dollars. Yeah. Like wherever she was putting her money, like it was like stock tracker, like Pelosi stock tracker, like wherever she bought stock, like that's where you should buy stock because you know it's going to go up. Like, yeah, because she's an inside trader, like wholeheartedly, you'll never convince me otherwise. So, she has insider information. So somebody was tracking like what she was buying and they were buying it and making yes. banks. Yeah. And the dude huh. made millions, millions, oh, wow. like startup company would show up. And then I think what would end up happening is like something would pass and they would be able to fund government money toward that company. And then she would buy up a bunch of stock in that company then it would go, the stock price would shoot up once they made a bunch of money and then she would sell all of her stock and just make bank. Like, and I was like, I was like, that's insider information if ever I've seen it, but God forbid nobody, no cop will ever touch her because they're, you know, well, you know my thoughts on that. Yeah, cops are just as corrupt yeah. as the government anyway. So. <laughs> um, all right, we better shift back to guns before it gets too frustrating. <laughs> oh no, did it change? What happened here? Your default microphone has changed. Can you hear me still? No problem. Uh, yeah, I can hear you fine. I have heard like it's been going in and out a little bit, um, but it normally comes back pretty quick. Okay, then I'm, I'm not sure what I did. Oh, I think I unplugged my computer. Hold on. But yeah. You can keep talking to the people. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say uh, you can dive into the uh, more into the AR9 build if you want, um, like what you're what you're looking to do because muzzle device wise i mean it kind of ultimately comes down to what you're looking to do with it i mean uh, I would, honestly if you're just throwing it together really? i'd probably slap so got, a2 on there so i got a kp9 in from k arms so it's a polymer monolithic polymer lower receiver that and i love the kp15 but i i honestly told russell when he when he sent it to me i'm like i hate PCCs. And he's like, well, I'm going to send you one anyway. And I was like, are you telling me I've got to build a damn gun now around this damn thing? And he's like, yes. He's like, but he sent me a handguard and he sent me an upper receiver. So the only thing I need is the barrel. I got the bolt care group and I've got uh, another thing. So I'm now I'm going to go buy that $79 barrel that you showed me the other week. You know, one thing I was interested in when we were talking about this the other day was I'm surprised that he doesn't take into account the buffer spacer. I think he does. Like, so then you wouldn't need to add one then. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea, dude. I'm so confused on what any of that is. Like, what is the buffer spacer? It's essentially, I, you people literally actually will put quarters behind. Um, but basically, it's just spacing it out a little further so your uh, buffer isn't hitting your lower receiver. Because I had that happen on my my first one when I was figuring things out. I uh, tried to run a carbine um, buffer, a carbine buffer spring with no spacer because um, my understanding is it would it would run. 
it ran, but my bolt carrier came back and slammed into my um, lower receiver, the lower receiver. And so as soon as that happened, I uh, immediately ordered the spacer. I got that call Valley um, 308 uh, or like the AR 10 uh, buffer spring. And mm-hmm. then I have an unbranded AR. In fact, I wasn't running, I take that back. I wasn't running a carbine buffer. I was running the AR nine. Um, 5.4 ounce one. Yeah. The 5.4 ounce that I got off under unbranded AR. Um, and I mean it, that combo now it runs like a dream suppressed, unsuppressed. The thing is awesome. I love it. That is, uh, it's definitely one of my favorite guns to run. No recoil. I mean, if you're running suppressed, um, these days it's so hard to find subsonic stuff. And we've, we've chatted about that before, but I'm going to send you a link by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to find some true subsonic ammo because running, for instance, like the, the federal, um, Syntec 150, that's not actually true subsonic. Like the speed is 890 feet per second, if I remember correct. But if you're running that through anything probably around like a 10 and a half inch barrel or up, you're, you're riding the edge of actually it picking up enough velocity that it's no longer subsonic. Yeah. So, um, I'm definitely, I'm very curious to see how that 8.75, I just built sounds. I have a 5.5 inch barrel laying around. Um, so we'll, we'll see if, if it's still a little loud, I might, might have to go with the 5.5. And I, I picked the 5.5 based off of, uh, the MP5K was a 5.5 inch barrel. If I remember wow. correct. So I did a lot of digging a few years ago on it. <laughs> um, you know, the only reason why I, I said that is um, I have found a few places where you can find like remanufactured um, subsonic ammo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's any good. So does subsonic ammo normally cycle your AR9 or no? Like if it's not suppressed? I mean, I'm that federal stuff at 890 feet per second cycling, no problem. I'm talking I've about like, used... like actual subsonic ammo. Like if you shoot actual like hush or something like that. Like um, I've, I've shot, what was the other? I ran the American Eagle 124 grain subsonic. Mm-hmm. Um, was like the first subsonic rounds I ever bought. I'll never buy them again, by the way. Um, they ran fine. Really? Um, but I, I, but the issue that I ran into with that particular round was that, um, sorry, my son just popped up here. No, you're okay. You're <laughs> um, okay. The issue I ran into with that round was um, the casing came off in my suppressor. Oh, wow. That's got to be fun. <laughs> yeah, so it, it stripped uh, it stripped Cerakote off. And for being um, new to suppressors and being somebody that is, uh, I mean, being I'm an auditor, I kind of overanalyze things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at that like, I'm going to destroy this thing that I just spent a ton of money on. <laughs> yeah, because you, you, you have a quite a few cans, right? Uh, I have three. I've got two rifle cans and then the um, nine mil can and then the nine mil can. But I mean, the rifle cans, I have never had an issue with. Um, 
that was a little bit of a confidence booster running those and having no issues after getting the AR9 can and having that um, casing come apart in there. And I mean, the, uh, my nine millimeter can is the Gemtech uh, GM9, which is aluminum. So a little softer probably than even the, uh, the so rubber that one, cans. Can that one run 300 subs? 300 yep. blackout subs? Okay. Yeah, you can run 300 through that one. You can't, can't go uh, supersonic. I'd imagine that will blow out pretty bad. Probably pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> probably get a couple rounds off and then you have a problem. Yeah. If even. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when it comes to nine AR9s, I am a virgin in this territory. So I'm going to get, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to be spending money doing this, which I'm not excited about. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got a thousand rounds coming from Brownells. I have, well, whenever they decide to ship it, since their site is down right now, or not down, but they're having shipping delays because they're working on the site. Um, I got a thousand rounds coming from Brownells, uh, the MagTech, and then um, I'm going to get this built out whenever I get the barrel, because I think the barrel is the last piece that I need, because I have a thread protector that I'm just going to throw on there, because I'm not even going to deal with the muzzle device right now. Um, and then I'm just going to shoot a shitload of nine millimeter. And really, that is kind of how I'm going to just kind of test out that lower just to see how it works. But I want to give it a fighting chance. Like, I realize that many people will pick it up and be like, oh, yeah, AR9, PCC, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll put, I'll, I'll throw my Colt upper on there and bam. And, you know, sure. I, I, the thing is, is like, I, I wholly believe that nine millimeter should stay in a handgun. And if you're going to run a rifle, run a rifle run a rifle cartridge like that's that's where i'm at like sure if you're gonna run like a short rifle maybe nine millimeter but i yeah that's what i was about to say is i think the the main thing and once again going back to the nfa stuff is like i mean you look at the mp5 and the just how how great that gun performed and having to run a ar9 in a 16 inch configuration the powder in nine millimeter is normally burnt out about five inches in, four and a half, five inches in. Yeah. So at, at that point, designed... like you said, it's pointless to have that length, but due to the laws, you're kind of stuck with it unless you pay tax stamp or build it as a- um, A pistol. A pistol. Which I don't want to do either. Um, so my only other, I guess, thing is what- my, my other question I want to ask you, what lights do you prefer on your guns? Cloud. I love the cloud defense stuff. You Have you run any mod lights? I haven't touched any of those. I, I mean, I, I watched some, a bunch of the reviews on like durability tests. And after watching the durability of the clouds, I was sold. Yeah. I mean, I was too. That's why I bought a cloud rain and that's, what's going to go on my, I have a rain. It's going to go on my 13.9 when it comes in. Um, and then I have. What do you think of the new four mod lights? What's your I opinion wanna, on the new rain? I want to get one. Um, apparently, so I heard they're supposed to have a user serviceable lens on there, mm -hmm. but it requires a tool like the mod light does. Oh, okay. So I'm wondering how they're going to do that because you know how like you break the lens on the on the rain 2.0 right now, you have to send it in to get a new lens. Yeah, because I thought Sean, when he did one of the initial release videos um, on Instagram, I thought he said that it was not serviceable. So maybe they're adding a new one with a serviceable lens. I've heard mixed things and I don't want to like start rumors, but 
Yeah, uh, I, I thought I had heard this something is... that they were having some issues either with the MCH or the, the Rain 2.0. Um, not sure which it was. The Rain so, yeah. 2.0, I mean, really piques interest. I like the the idea. I know you know my goal of uh, night vision here. Um, but I like I like that the, the Rain 2.0 can potentially plug right into an IR device and then you can use the the buttons yeah on the IR device. I really that's appealing. The only downside that listening to Sean's thing was the durability because he basically due to sacrificing the weight and getting the size down, the durability wasn't the same as the um the regular rain. Regular rain, but at, looking at it from the perspective of if you're going to run IR, you I mean, your IR is already kind of buffering it. Like you, if you're running that big thing on the side, you're more likely going to hit your IR device than you are the light. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of tape switches, but if I buy the Rain 2.0, I'm going to buy the whole kit. Um, partially because I have an industry discount. So I'm good with them. They're, they've given me a, a one-time use code for when I buy my next thing. And I was nice. saving, I've been saving that for a very long time. Um, and I'm definitely going to probably get it in OD green because that's kind of what I'm, I want to run it as. But I have, I have done a re review of the rain. They sent me one to, to, as in their words, try and destroy it. And I wasn't able to destroy <laughs> it. I was able to break the lens like five times, uh, but I wasn't able to destroy it, the light itself. I mean, dude, I threw that thing a hundred feet in the air and I, and it landed on concrete and I picked it up and it still worked. The lens was gone but it still worked. I mean, it was, I mean, I'm not kidding you. I had that, I put it on a slingshot and shot it in the air and it went <laughs> all the way up in the air and it came down, landed on concrete and I threw it. So there was this new construction area. I took yeah. it, I threw it off the two-story building. Like, cause, <laughs> and, and to be honest, like I didn't record any of that um, because I wanted to see personally, like if that was a light that I was going to want to keep. And I was like, holy crap. And then at the time when I had to send it back, like I could have bought the light or sent it back. And I was like, you know what? I'll wait to buy the light because I didn't have the money at the moment. So yeah. I sent the light back, no issues. And then uh, a couple months later, I was like, you know what? I need that light back in my life. Like I <laughs> wanted that light back in my life. And to be honest, I would take that light right now if there was any new construction in my area and go chuck it off a two-story window and go get that slingshot from a neighbor again and go launch it in the air. Because yeah. to be honest, that light held up more than I expected it would and did more than I expected it would. And I was, when I did that, I was like, okay, I can drop this thing from a ladder at 10 feet all day long, but it doesn't really matter what I do to that light. That light is still going to work until you get to the point where I think you start breaking stuff. But I mean, dude, I launched that thing. I would say a hundred feet in the air with a slingshot, no issue. Like, and it came down, it was dented to all hell, but it still worked. Yeah. Like, and I, that's the one thing I was like, you know what? I need to buy this light. Like I need this light in my life. Cause I don't think I would, I would not trust one of my mob lights. Yeah. That's, that. it's one of those, uh, what do people call it? Like the zombie apocalypse things that's cloud defensive lights are definitely for, for that. Like yeah, the, it's uh, expensive. Uh, end of times light. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you right now, it's expensive. 380 bucks for a flashlight is not cheap. It is no, not yeah. cheap whatsoever. But if that, if you had one light to buy, for your home defense gun or your, your, God forbid, a police officer, 
or one of those things and you're and you have to have a flashlight that's just going to get you through everything i cannot not recommend a cloud defensive yeah. i love malkoff i'll tell you right now i love malkoff flashlights i carry one every day for work like i carry this bad boy everywhere it has been beat the shit up but if i had one light for the end of the world cloud defensive yeah I, I still have um i still have that owl that i have that's uh it was an od green blem mm -hmm. it but it, it's it's fde <laughs> even cloud was like nice fde owl and i was like it's od green blem <laughs> thanks cloud yeah. but yeah they were they were i know they were having trouble with their anodization process and they pissed off a lot of people with that i mean a lot of people with that um and that drove a lot of people away from them but to be honest the surface of my light does not matter to me as much as what it's supposed to put out and what it's supposed to do yeah. i love it i love the color temperature i love how just robust it is to be honest i wish i got the 18350 version because the 18650 version is quite a lot heavier than i expected it to be um and that's the uh the full sized right yeah, the eighteen six fifty yeah. is a full size one. See, and then, I've been waffling even for like my AR nine getting the the micro to put on that, but at yeah. the same time, like the the setup on my SBR, I'm running a twelve inch rail on a eleven and a half inch barrel, so like it's tucked. And I yeah. have I have one of the Angusted arms. Um, they do a trilog flash can, um, so that you can pop that on when you aren't running your suppressor. And um, like a blue can. Uh, you ever heard of I, blue I'm, can? I I know what you're talking about. I don't know. I guess what goes into those. It, it, it their can. It's a, essentially like a Noveski, one of the um, like the flaming pig type cans. Oh, it okay. actually has all the mechanics of a three lug on the back. So when you aren't running the suppressor, you, you twist that sucker on, and um, you I thought you were. It talking about like a like a training suppressor like a like oh, no, you can yeah. still shoot through it but it's it's like it's like the same weight as like what your normal suppressor would be but you're able to oh no this it. thing's this thing's like i mean it's like one of those kak uh flash cans flash or cans. like the noveski flash cans but it's actually got a trilug on the back or the three lug on the back i have never understood why anybody wants one of those flash cans like to dedicate run on their gun i've seen people who are like yeah the noveski flaming pig it's the best and i'm like the only the only reason i see is if you have a setup like mine where it's slightly tucked in the rail because you don't want it blowing out the rail at the end well yeah i mean that sure sweet cool but that's what i'm saying though is it's like you could run that as like your your training and then run your suppressor yeah. normally sure mm -hmm. but i i've always thought that when you tuck the suppressor under the rail it looks really weird to me like I see dudes running those SIGs and, and stuff like that where they have their suppressors tucked under there. Yep. And, and, and to me, it's just really odd to me. Like it's not a thing. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, mine isn't tucked that deep. So like it, it's probably an inch under the rail. It's not like it's the full like, you know, can under the rail with an inch sticking out the front. Mm -hmm. It's just under the rail. Um, so if I, I, were I gonna... like that setup, but I honestly, was, I've been thinking about switching the rail out due to that, um, due to the way it sets up. And then if I were to potentially get a, another can down the road, like I've been eyeing the rugged 
the diameter of the rugged won't fit into the rail that I have. A so rugged nine mil can. Tuck that I have. Yeah, uh, the uh, the obsidian. Um, yeah, by by doing the setup that I have, I'm restricting. If I were to get another can, what can granted, you can it get? would be it would be cheaper for me to stick with Gemtech anyways because I have the the mounts. Um, but I have considered looking at like a rugged, and the um, the rail I have limits that. So, so I'd love gonna... to figure out either a a a, a bigger uh, diameter rail or a shorter rail. I think. So really, what I want is a chemo can that will run nine mil, five five six. Like that's really all I want it to run. Like, oh, to, you... so to mount to mount on your on my all my chemo muzzle devices yeah all my chemo muzzle devices and then i want it to run nine millimeter and five five six because i just want to take that can and take it from like one gun to the other you know like so i wish they made a can that uh uh rugged does (laughs) oh they do uh the rx it's uh for people that uh i mean i filed for their can and um i'm gonna pull it up and look at it right now um and haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, they have a flash can. You can change the um, the cap on it and everything. It's it's threaded. You can, like they thread it reverse, so you can't like hook the front of the like of the micro thirty on there and start stacking baffles on. They thread it differently, so you can't do that. Um, I've had my eyes on it for a while. Um, I just I, it's one of those things that like I already have the suppressor. I don't know if I'd actually run the flash can, um, but yeah, they have the the RX blast diverter brake, and it mounts on their brakes. It, brown, it mounts on their flash hiders. Hmm. The other thing that was kind of uh, it, to do it, it's like it, it's two hundred and sixty five bucks without a mount. So it was one of the, it's one of those things too that if you're invested in rugged, yeah, I I would rock it. I mean, I I'd probably do. Uh, I definitely, I'd run it. Hmm. My other thing that I would, I have a question. Say you have a suppressor and both of them are like stackable cans. Like, I wonder, I wonder if you could make like a sleeve that you could attach two suppressors to and make a longer suppressor. There is, uh, that question has been asked when I've been on the Rugged Live. (laughs) There's some legality issues to that because probably because there's multiple serial numbers and things. But why? If you've paid the tax stamp for both the cans, why can't you just connect them together? You know, like- I, I'd love to know too. <laughs> like, I, I just want to know, like, what is it? Is it going to be more quiet? Like, are you, it, I'm, I'm buying something that's quieting down the gun. You I know, mean, so. it should be quieter because it's a longer, mm-hmm. longer can. You have more baffles, so- it yeah, should. I shot a Sandman L one time and out of a 12, uh, my 125556. And yeah. I mean, good Lord, that thing was quiet. Was it? I mean, I was like, I was like, wow, like, I'm pretty sure that's hearing safe. Uh, <laughs> 50, 55 grain or what? Uh... 55 grain and some 77 grain at, at the time. Oh, wow. This okay. was, uh, the 77 grain was a lot quieter. The 55 grain still a little cracky at the end, but I mean, I mean, good Lord, it was quiet. Huh. I was like, I was like, wow. And then I shot a, an uh, RC whatever the 762 can is but the really the, fucking long one the uh the the surefire? surefire yeah, yeah RC there was two? A, i don't know it's it's, it's really long it's really yeah. long 
And uh, um, I shot that with uh, Daniel Defense Mark 18. And that was actually quiet also. And I was huh. like, man, there's something to long cans. Now, I, I look at suppressors, I want something short. And all I want to do is take the edge off. Like, I like K-cans. I love K-cans. My buddy actually has a three baffle that I'm going to buy from him when I get my SOT. Um, it's literally a three baffle can. I mean, it's still loud. It's still obnoxious, but it's so cool. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, sure. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, yeah. I, I, what I found, and I originally, when I did the Rugged, I, I got the Micro 30 because it is modular. So mm-hmm. I can take, I forget how many baffles there are on the front end, like two? Mm-hmm. um i was figuring you know might run it in the short configuration i run that thing along i don't i really don't mess with the short mm-hmm. um now that i picked up this past week that rugged um flash hider cap good chance i run it short especially because i have so much carbon build up with my 762 uh cap on the front i could not get that off does it uh, come would, with a tool or there's like a plastic tool and yet there's plastic just not a, not, not a, there's not <laughs> enough, uh, there's not enough to really get a good. Oh, wow. That's uh, so you're going to have to like sit there and soak that thing. Uh, I was talking with Christian about that um, while I was wrenching on it. He suggested heating it up. So the next time I'm out shooting, yeah, that put some work. rounds through it, break the tool out and then just break the carbon free. Um mm-hmm. I'm still learning. So I, I take a lot of tips from, I mean, a few of our fellow Bureau propaganda members uh, like Loctopus uh, helps me out a lot with the pistol can questions. Um, Christian has got... Uh, he seems pretty knowledgeable on a lot of stuff. I wish I could save up enough points to go get one of their uppers, the Brownells BRN 180 uppers, because I know all those guys like rant and rave about them. Yeah. And I'm that, like... It's on my list. I, I kind of want one. I, but I, you know what? I keep looking at it. I'm like, I wish it was an 11.5. If it was an 11.5, I'd already got it. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, I don't want a 10.5. Like I, I got rid of my 10.5 because I didn't like it. Like That was actually lost. another question I wanted to bring up on this. Oh, what? <laughs> it was length. Because like, I mean, you know, I got a few projects going on. So I got the both, I have the two Sons of Liberty uh lowers which i mean Mm -hmm. i don't need to complete everything i have you know i can just collect a lower and put it away um but the scalper i was thinking 12.5 and then part of me was like i just see everybody doing like 10 threes and like 10 fives and i know they beat the shit out of your lower parts kit like when you're running that short I i was watching a grand thumb video and he's like yeah you pretty much need to replace like your lower parts kit every or your springs every like 3000 rounds. Yeah, so it's just I mean, it's not appealing from the maintenance aspect, but there's like a coolness factor to the length. <laughs> no, 103s are 10 I had a 105 Roscoe um barrel and I, and I loved it, but I was like no, I want something that is a little bit longer. I want something that's going to give me the velocity cuz I had I got phenomenal groups out of it. Uh, but I, somebody had a magneto speed and one day I was running the magneto speed and I was like, oh, wow, these are terrible numbers. Like, <laughs> like I, I need, I need like specific SBR ammo. And I actually had bought some Hornady SBR 75 grain SBR rounds and they worked phenomenal. I was actually getting better velocity out of those than I was out of like some standard 55 grain stuff out of my 10.5. <laughs> 
but then I picked up an, a buddy of mine had an 11.5 and he had a Roscoe 11.5 barrel and he was like, all right, well, we put the magneto speed on there and we started getting really good chrono numbers. And I was like, okay, like they were better. Like they were really, they were a lot. I think, I think we got like our best was like 29.9 and then huh. um, our worst was like 28.2 or 28.7 or something like that. So 2,870 feet per second and then 2,990 feet per second. Yeah. And, and, um, like I was blown away at like and how what much barrel better was that on? 11.5. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I swear by 11.5. That's, uh, that's my go to with five, have, five, six. I don't, I don't have an 11.5 anymore. My next, my next upper project after this stupid nine millimeter, um, I want, uh, I, I want, uh, I want a cold hammer forge barrel. So I'm thinking either Geisley's cold hammer forge barrel that they're coming out with or, an FN cold hammer forged because I want to build a 14.5 front sight base. And I, I think want... spikes does uh cold hammer forge too. Yeah. I don't want a spikes. <laughs> I, I, the only reason I throw the other one out there is like a buddy has told me the newer Geisley stuff and I haven't, haven't dug that deep into it. Um, but I think they changed the manufacturers or the process of their barrels. They build their and... barrels in house now. Yeah, and I guess it's not what it used to be. Well, they haven't even released their barrels yet. All their old barrels are still coming. Like all the guns are building now, they're still building. Like they just started doing their new barrels on their assembled guns, but they haven't started releasing the barrels like on their own yet. Um, So I'm waiting for them to come out with that uh, because I have an email alert on them. So I wonder, I guess they must have just changed the coding and that must have been what I was hearing. Yes, so they used to be black, uh, and they were not cold hammer forged. Now Geisley has a cold hammer forge machine, and if you're buying, you can still buy their old barrels that are just the phosphate-coated normal barrels, and then now they have a chrome-lined chamber, chrome-lined barrel, uh, a chrome-lined chamber, chrome-lined bore, and um, cold hammer forged. So that's their barrels coming out, and they're only like 270 bucks for the for it's the 145 and I, I don't know if it's a mid-length or that, if it's a carbine that seems cheap considering like what they charge for a complete upper <laughs> yeah right right um <laughs> i mean that's what i was looking at was uh brownells has the od green uh 10-3 i was yeah. eyeing that and i was like i could see i could see this on my gun <laughs> yeah so they're they're um Cold hammer forged chrome line barrel, 14.5 inches, 270 bucks coming soon. Let's view the details here. Um, guys, these barrels are precision machine and cold hammer forged utilizing the highest quality materials in our state-of-the-art facility in Northern Wills, PA, to ensure the highest quality and consistency of each barrel. Our barrels are high pressure tested to and magnetic particle inspected. The accuracy and reliability of Geisley's cold hammer forge barrels makes them the ideal choice for hard use. A hard use duty weapon, precision tuned competition gun, and everything in between. So that's what they're saying on their site. They haven't actually released anything. I do know that they are mid-length and they are a grayish color. Um, huh. But other than that, they're going to come in, they're going to come in 10-3, 11-5, 14-5, and 16-inch. Do you have a preference in the gas the gas systems you use? Because I tend to um, always do carbine. 
if I'm going to run a mid length, uh, I'm sorry, if I'm going to run a 14.5, I want a carbine length. Um, because I feel like the military kind of has that unlock. Um, I run a lot of carbine length anyway. Uh, my 12.5 is a carbine length and it shoots wonderfully. Um, now, I think if you're chasing gas system lengths, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, whether you you do that or not, um, that's up to you. Um, if you have like small arm solutions, he's like, I swear by the mid length or the intermediate, like that's cool. But um, the army requested the carbine length system because it worked the best for the 16 inch gun. Um, I mean, and they like 11 fives and all that. It's just, it's efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's efficient. You don't have huge ports and you don't have excessive port pressure. Um, But with the mid length, you're opening up those ports so much more. Like if you were to run a 12 five mid length, have you ever, I mean, I'm pretty sure the gas, opening is like the size of the bezel on my flashlight here like they're <laughs> huge because you only have that that much space before the end of the barrel yeah on a 12.5 and some dudes are like 12.5 mid-length this life and i'm like 12.5 mid-length is unreliable like <laughs> i mean that that's kind of the same thing going back to like the 10.5 and the 10.3 that's the same thing that a lot of people say about those is that they have uh, cycling issues i mean if you're obviously if you're buying a gun from the factory it's probably all dialed in but if you're trying to just throw together something you got to dial in your your buffer weight and all of that to make sure yeah. it's it's going to run 11.5 you really don't run into those issues that's that's the thing though is on an 11 on a i'm sorry on a 10.3 like the only one i would really trust would be the daniel defense or the um they actually don't even make them anymore uh but the knights used to make an an Mm. upper for that and then the colt was good for a while but i only liked their front sight base 10-3 i didn't like their their non-front sight base one so Mm. my honest like my honest opinion would be like if you're going to run a 10-3 um fn colt uh and who was the other one i just named fn colt there's uh, Daniel one. Defense. Daniel Defense. Yeah, those are the only team. three. Yeah, the those are the only three I'd run in a 10-3. Um, and and it, um, to be honest, like I had a 10-5 barrel from Roscoe and I didn't have any issues with that. I probably put like 900 rounds through that gun. Never an issue. But I just was never comfortable with it. Like, I feel like I have to trust my gun as much as yeah, it is. I was about to say, like, what did you mean by comfortable? Like you just had that question of reliability in your head yeah or? like if i really need this is it gonna go pew you know yeah. like if i pull the trigger if i pull the trigger more than once is it going to continue to go pew i knew all the time it was going to shoot the first time but if yeah. i did it the second time was it going to do it and that was my that was my internal question was is yeah. this going to work the way i need it to work um so that was it for me i know for a lot of people um they really like they really like the really short guns. Like I had a seven and a half inch upper at one point. It was made by Grid Defense and it was nothing I would ever, ever, ever trust my life to. But it was a fun gun to shoot. I mean, I had a three chamber muzzle brake on a seven and a half inch AR and it shot <laughs> fireballs. And I would get kicked out of the indoor range all the time because the FUDs would get so mad. Um, but no, I mean, it was a great gun. There, there are fun guns, and then there are guns that I need to be reliable. And yeah. 
I really wanted to focus on a reliable gun before I had another fun gun. So I made my 12.5 and then I have my 13.9 and my 13.9 is going to be like my end of all everything gun because it's a Sons of Liberty Gunworks barrel, pinned gas block, uh, pinned muzzle device. It's going to have a Midwest Industries amazing um, uh, uh, handguard. I think you just cut out on me. Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking. So <laughs> um, I have my my 139. Um, my 39 is going to be amazing. And I'm just wondering, I'm sorry, I hope that none of that is coming across on the on the audio recording. But I, I had one heck of a time being able to send that upper up to trajectory arms. So that way I could have a bomb proof gun. Um, because that's really one of the things I'm I'm anticipating is I just want one gun that's going to always be dedicated to where this is the gun I pick up at night to put in my room. So that way, if I need to shoot anybody in the middle of the night, that's what I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what I, I mean, wanted. You did run the 13.9 before you sent it out too, right? Yes. But they, they, they shoot 30 rounds full auto through it when they do their testing at yeah. trajectory arms. So they, uh, you know, okay. if it'll shoot 30 rounds full auto, then I'm, I'm pretty sure that no matter what I do to it, it's going to run. Um, did so, I tell you? Uh, I think I told you about that. I got the the first time I ever got to shoot full auto. I was out with a SOT, mm. and um, I, like I I got to run my upper, and uh, I had a fail zero bolt carrier. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, what the hell are they? Uh, silver nickel boron. Yeah, the nickel boron one. It's the first rounds with that thing. Thirty rounds blew the gas rings out. Yep. Yep. That's the problem with a lot of the nickel boron ones that I've had. I have a, I have a, I have a WMD and I, I mean, the gas rings will go bad on that thing all the time. Like, oh, really? I, yeah, if I shoot, if I do a good hard day of shooting and I put 400 rounds through that bulk care group in a day, the gas rings are blown and I need to replace them. And I've sent that bulk care group back to them like four times. And they've said that the gas rings weren't terrible. Like they were like, you can still shoot it. And I'm like, okay, but it's not, it's not doing what it's supposed to do you know yeah like gas is blowing by that thing like nobody's busy you can actually see it on the ring like you can see the gouging in the rings like oh, it's really man. weird um and it's in and they've sent it in they've specced it out they're like there's nothing like they put it under a micrometer and done all sorts of stuff and there's nothing wrong with it other than the rings just go bad and i don't know what it is i'm wondering I, if it's just because it just gets so lubricious that it just stops like it stops making a seal uh, I, I gauged mine out when I did the armors course with uh, Chad. Mm-hmm. I know the guy um, that doesn't like me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, when I did the reverse torque uh, test on the gas key, those things were like finger tight. Like it was no effort whatsoever. Wow. Um, and I, I don't know if you had seen, he did a, he did a YouTube mm-hmm. on the fail zero. And I think I watched it like the week after I ordered mine and I was kicking myself. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is going to be bad. And well, sure enough, I blew it out immediately. And then I, uh, I got warranted gas rings. And, um, and then I, when I did the, when I reversed the, uh, the bolts in the class, I emailed them and they were pretty annoyed that I had messed with it and not mm-hmm. sent it back to them. And it's like, well, how are you supposed to like make sure your stuff's in spec? If I'm like, I'm testing it, but, uh, they wound up sending me a new, a brand new, uh, bolt carry group. And I had a buddy that was in need when, uh, the shortages started. So I 
I sold that to him. Yeah, to be honest, that one is that one is um, it just sits on one of my spare guns that I never shoot. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good bulkier group. I just I don't. It's one of those things I don't trust. Yeah. Um, I have the, the right now. I have a Sons of Liberty Gunworks bulkier group. I have a Faxon that looks like utter garbage. I think I've only got five hundred rounds on that uh, bulkier group, and it looks like trash. Uh, I have a Roscoe, and I want to get one of those upper uh, those. Um, upper parts kits from uh white label armory it comes with okay. a bolt care group and a spare bolt and all that like it comes with a complete bolt care group yeah. a spare bolt and everything you need to rebuild your gun um and so i want to get one of those it's 259 bucks but if you were to buy everything in there i'd be like 700 dollars. so white label armory sells it for 259 and i was like i told i i told my wife i was like I want that for I want that for for my birthday. So, I mean, you know, I'm huge on the Sons of Liberty bolts. I mean, that was another thing that I watched one of Chad's videos, and when they gauge that out, that thing was solid. Yeah, um, and he and he pulls those randomly. Like he doesn't get sent that stuff, right? He, it's customers send it to him, oh, so yeah, it's just right. it's like just yeah, it's just random. I mean, he 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 rebuilt my upper after I had made that uh, attempt at lapping myself and um, didn't go so well. Put a lapping. little, yeah, the front of the upper receiver to make sure it was completely flush. Oh, I've never done that. Yeah, so I I did that because, uh, and we had talked about this like the other week, where my uh, Midwest Industries rail. If you look at my barrel, it looks hard cocked to the left, like very noticeably to the left. So after taking the armor's course and him running through that, like that, the lapping portion, um, I was like, all right. So I ordered the tools from Brownells. I was like, why, all right, we're going to give, we're going to give this a go. Why spend all the money on the lapping tools? Why not just buy a new upper? I mean, that was an option. <laughs> I mean, no offense. I'm just, I was just wondering, like, that's just a question I have. Like, yeah. like for everyone else, what would be like, what would you recommend? Buy the lapping tools or buy a new upper? I mean, that probably depends on everybody's comfort level with wrenching, because for me, I was just like, I'm going to give it a go. It was definitely way above my skill level because we hadn't, he showed us in the armors course, but we didn't physically do it. And I actually mm -hmm. need to get hands on and, and do that stuff repetitively for me to build comfort with it. So mm -hmm. I, had, I made my attempt at it and, um, some of my issues were probably the hand drill I had. The battery was uh, on its last leg, so it wasn't moving at the correct speeds. So I Did think they it have to move fast or slow? I mean, I, I didn't want it to go crazy fast, but it was probably moving way too slow for where it needed to be. Uh, and with that, I just wound up wearing a groove in the tool and then a groove into the upper receiver. Uh, but thankfully I sent that to Chad and, um, he fixed my tool on his lathe. And then he also corrected my, my upper receiver. How much did that cost you? Um, he kind of hooked me up. Oh, okay. <laughs> How much would it have cost you? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, I really, I don't, I don't know what, um, I really don't know what that would have cost. So it. for my upper to go and get everything done, um, to it. Uh, and to get a new gas block at Trajectory Arms was $360. Okay. Did they polish your um, 
feed ramps and everything, or did you leave that alone? I left it alone. They okay. told me they like they if they if it needed it, they would have let me know, but I don't think it needed it. Um, to be honest, I think with the Sons of Liberty Gunworks barrel, it came it came really nice. I have to look at the video that I posted about it, um, but it was it was already awesome. And um, I decided midway through, I was like, you know what? I don't want that handguard on that gun because I had the Brownells wrenchman. I was gonna, I'm gonna yeah. try it on a different gun. Um, so I had sent them, or I had told them, I said, hey, have you started working on my gun yet? This was like three weeks into them having it. And they were like, oh no, not even close. You've still got like 20 people ahead of you. So I was like, okay. So I sent them in a paper with a change order on it. And I just said, hey, just put a, a standard steel barrel nut on it, like a standard one, so I can run my new handguard that I want to yeah. put on there. And they were like, okay. And then they were like, your steel barrel nut is $10. Like, and that was it. Like they charged me 10 bucks. They didn't even charge me like to put it on because I'd already right, bought okay. the ins inspection slash assembly service. Yeah. So they break everything down, gauge it all out, make sure it's good. And then uh, the, the, the forward controls designs, um, fucking gas block good lord oh, yeah. over control designs gas block was um 60 bucks and then so i already knew i was paying for that and then that uh, that was brought in with the original price and then they only added ten dollars to it for them to switch out the the barrel nut and then i will say the only downside of this was the i sent it in in january 28th and i just now uh was supposed to be delivered tonight but um it, it was it was not delivered tonight so we'll get it tomorrow <laughs> I, honestly i think anybody that's doing the level work that chad or trajectory are doing they're all backed up that far um yeah. because originally when i sent mine in um i was under the impression like it was described as being like a 10 minute job so i was like cool i'll have this thing back in like you know a week. couple of weeks yeah it, it was it was like two two months three months but again, like to have him, um, offer to take it in and correct my screw up. Um, I'm very grateful for him knocking that out for me. Cause that is my, uh, favorite upper by far. I think the only thing that I would probably additionally do to it is I, um, I have slightly polished, uh, I think it's fair to say slightly polished my feed ramps, yeah. uh, like my attempt, my amateur attempt at <laughs> polish. Um, it's not bad and after Some... him. La... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say after him lapping it uh, flush, I can see that they're overhanging just the slightest, but like take doing the test. Like oh, one of those medical Q-tips with the wooden thing. You went away for a second. Uh, and so you go run ahead. that. Yeah, I think that I'm getting a connection error, but um, using like one of those medical q-tips that's on like the wood um mm -hmm. a little wood dowel uh like you run that up and if it hits and hooks then normally you need to remove some and i think mine is kind of on the edge it i think it's good it's probably me being ocd about it but i if i could i'd probably take uh that fraction of a millimeter out to make it completely flush and i hope to at some point i I really wanted to take Chad's, um, he does a build course too. And when I took my course, he was offering them individually. So it was the armor's course or it was the build course. And um, 
I did the armors course and then was planning like, you know, next year I'll go back and do the, the build course. So walk um, us, walk us through that. What does your armors course at Chad's look like? Like what do you bring your own gun? What, what is it? What did I bring to that? So I brought, you have to bring a gun. I brought three uppers, three uppers. I don't remember how many mags I brought, but I brought a few mags. Um, and I think I just brought one lower. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was able to gauge out uh, all of the uppers that I had. Um, the mags we were looking at, uh, we're using some of the gauges to determine like the wear and if the feed lips were too far apart. Uh, Brownells actually sells that tool and I've, I've eyed getting it, but it's one of those ones that I don't, I don't know when I'd utilize it like average day, I guess. Yeah, like I it, bought a set of 556 five, Go No Go gauges and I've used them like four times and they're like 85 bucks. So yeah. it's not like, to me, honestly, that was not a worth it spend. Like, like that was not like, I was like, oh yeah. Like I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to build a ton of guns. Yeah, woo. And then I'm like, no, I built like five and it's not worth it because I'm the two barrels I have are two, two, three wild. Yeah. I have one five, five, six barrel. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, what am I going to do? And then the other five, five, six barrel I have, I sent off to go get done anyway. So I didn't even use the tool. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, great. You know, like I, it was like, to me, honestly, like if you're not building guns, it's not a worth it thing. So yeah. it's like, you know, there are tools that make sense. Like an armor's wrench makes sense to me. Yep. Uh, starting uh, uh, vice blocks, all that yeah. stuff, you know, those things make sense to me, but the stuff that costs a ton of money that I'm like, you know what, I could save a lot of money just by sending this out to somebody else. That's the stuff I'm like, do I need it? You know? Yeah. So that's, you know, but, but again, like walk us through, like what happens when you get to Chad's class or are you not allowed to talk about that? You've signed. Uh, it, it's been a while, but <laughs> I mean, it's been two years, but yeah, we, we arrived. I brought, like I said, I brought mags. I think I had three uppers and then I brought um, my raw lower receiver um, that I have that 80. Um, mm -hmm. And then basically you arrive uh, the tables were kind of set up in a U. I guess there was about 10 or 12 of us. Mm -hmm. um, my, my buddy uh, was sitting next to me. And then I had another dude to the right of me that don't know what he did. Definitely was a Fed. He worked for the federal government. Uh, couldn't elaborate on what he did. Uh, he did some night, night shooting uh, competitions and that kind of stuff from what I gathered. Uh, nice guy. Um, but yeah, once we were in the class, I mean, it was Chad ran through basically all of the, I mean, it's been forever, but we basically ran through all the tools that were on each of our tables and then how to use them and gauging everything how, out. How much does Chad's class cost? I mean, it, like, like I mentioned earlier, it's changed. So now, um, what is it? School of the American Rifle? Now you have to take two courses. He just posted actually yesterday. He had, um, he opened three courses in November and early December. Uh, and I think he lists the price on that post. Let me look. $8.99. Oh my God. That is a boatload of money. Yeah. When I, and that, but like I said, that's actually the armors course and it is the build course. Um, 
Oh, wow. He's closed. He already closed out. He posted this a day ago. He's closed out the October 15th and 16th ones already, the December 10th and 11th, and he has one seat in the November one. Does he not post them to his website? They might be on there. I'm also on, he has a form um, that they just opened because they wanted to get off of uh, Facebook. Facebook. Well, yeah, um, he probably kept blocking everybody on Facebook. So, <laughs> um, but, as yeah, I said, <laughs> I mean, in, in my opinion, the class was worth it. I think the, these days, it, it costs more. When I took it, it was the individual armors course and it's been so long, I can't remember how much I paid. It might have been yeah, three, see, for 300 a, bucks or something. A Sons of Liberty course, I think, is like 299 I think that was, I think his might have been on par. I think his was either just below that or above it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it's worth it. I'd love to check out the Sons of Liberty one, too. Um, yeah, they usually have them at many police departments, which is what pissed off the internet last time. Um, but they're usually around here. Um, I know he's had a couple in Houston, and I just, I, I mean, every single time he does, it's on a Saturday, so I work. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, great. Uh, the only time I've ever seen him here was the uh, when he went to the Montgomery County Police when he's been over our way. Yeah, and he does them in a lot of, I don't know why they do them at police departments, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't realize a lot of the others were at police departments, too. A lot of them are that, at um, police departments. I know, yeah, I know that last one just rocked the boat because I think it was even on the anniversary of the whole, like... Uh, yeah, Brianna or the, Taylor the week or something of, like that. No, uh, Duncan Lamb. Oh, yeah, Duncan Lamb. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I yeah, I don't know. I don't know the... I try to stay out of a lot of that drama. <laughs> I do, too. My I don't know. Chad... Chad um, Chad is, I will not speak negatively of Chad's ability to build a gun. I will never do that. Chad, I, from everything I've seen, and to be honest, my very limited armoring skills are nothing compared to Chad. And I mean, that man always will be um, at the level that he's at because of the passion he has for it. Um, but I just, I mean, as a, as a human, like I'm, I'm not as, I'm not as forgiving um and i'm i i've i've seen a lot of what he's done in the facebook group when i was a part of it until i got booted out and i because i kind of called him out on it and i was like dude you kind of you know you're in a you're in a field that takes you know freedom of speech to like a whole new level and you're out here and you're like you're cutting people off because they don't like cops and he was like he was like yeah and so then he blocked me for seven days and then i i'd sent him a message and i'm like dude i don't understand why you're blocking people but if that's honestly what you want to do like go ahead <laughs> and i sent it like i said if you want to block me block me and the next thing i knew i was i was booted from his group and i was like all right whatever man like i don't really give a shit yeah I, I mean I, yeah i don't know i can't i can't speak for him i i do from my seat i don't fully understand that like you said from like a freedom and of again, speech aspect but i'm not asking you i, I to... think it's yeah i i think I don't know. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. And, you know, I overanalyze everything and later I'll be kicking myself. But um, I mean, he he's taking care of me for sure. And taking the class, I learned a ton. Yeah. Um, but the, there's definitely there's been it, it, the stuff that happened in the Facebook group was interesting at points uh, with yeah. just people that were getting removed. I like they were actually getting uh, like I have those um, uh, the bolt cams. 
uh-huh. with with the the dicks on them. Yeah, people were posting that in the group, and I guess he went through and like cleared all those out. And you know, everybody else is probably laughing their asses off about it. Like I yeah. thought it was funny. I wanted to know where I could get one. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, though, is I was I I was kind of taken aback by someone who's like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm here to teach you about this and that and you can build guns, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, dude, you're so like not OK, like because I guess I guess what would happen, I guess what was happening is cops were getting butthurt and PMing Chad. And then yeah. Chad was like, oh, I'm tired of all the police officers you we need to support the blue and i i, I had i'd remember i was like I, <laughs> I put the little thin blue line flag and i put a thumbs down and like a bunch of people were like f you like <laughs> like so i did not i did not last very long in that group um but i mean i, I again i don't have anything personal like about yeah. chad i was just my whole thing was i didn't like how he was dealing with people and it granted he's got a right to remove people from but it's like at the same time i'm sitting there and i'm just like i'm like dude i don't i don't get you you know like i'm like "Mm, you're in a group you're in a like people get mad at me like i have people who send me death threats on instagram and i'm like party hard bro come find me like Like I, I get, I get threatened with death daily at work. So don't, don't tempt me to have a good time. Like (laughs) I'm like, I'm okay here. The thing is that I'm like, I don't understand where certain creators are like, Oh, I draw the line at this, or you can't say this negative about this group of people. Like, dude, you're going to, you're going to lose out on so many people. If you're consistently worried about what people are saying, like, to be honest, if cops were getting butthurt about what people were saying in the group as, as someone who, who was not at the level chat is, I would honestly have been like, and you know, like you're out here supposed to be protecting people's rights and you're not doing that like you're getting butthurt at what people are saying online because they don't support your little thin blue line or your thin green line or your thin red line like people are I out mean, there there's there's a lot of people that get uh that what Oop, you there? You? yeah i'm here did you, uh, you kind of cut out there i yeah it was kind of going in now yeah, I, I was just gonna say, you know, these days, honestly, you log on, people are getting uh, butt hurt over everything. That's what I'm saying, though. I was like, why cut your base out? Because uh, one group of people are butt hurt at another group of people, um, and that's kind of like where I, where I kind of was like looking at it. Like, I get you have a right to do what you're doing, but at the same time, it doesn't make much sense in the group of people that you run with. Um, yeah. And that was the thing that I yeah, kind I mean, of, <laughs> and that's more than just Chad. That I mean, there are a primary and secondary. Um, there are so many people you? out there. I, Q. Oh Q. God. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I like I said. I uh, I I I love that class and stuff with him. I definitely. Uh, if I if I could do the the build course, I would do it. Um, I think if he said if you're on his Facebook block list, he won't he won't let you take his class or something like that. Oh, did he? I think he said that at some point. He's like, if you're on the block list, you're not allowed to take a class. And I was like, oh, well, then I'm not allowed there. So, (laughs) but he's. I mean, that was a long time ago, Um, and that was 
before I was removed from a Facebook of the Facebook group, but there are so many companies out there who are willing gotta, to just go ahead. I was going to say, I got to invite the, uh, the other day for uh, uh, a and a session with him on April 15th. I was thinking about doing it, but there's only a hundred spots and I'm sure that I've waited two days. That's long past gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most likely. I mean, he's got a huge following and you cannot ever say anything. Like I guarantee you someone's going to go hoodlums gun bench. That is my Instagram, my YouTube, find me, talk all the crap you want. I don't <laughs> care because the more crap you talk in my comment section, the more people will find my page. So <clears throat> So, so well, that's I still love Chad. I love me <laughs> again. I have no problem with Chad personally. I just think his online presence is a little shifty, um, and that's just me. His personal feeling. Again, you don't have to feel that way. Like that's the thing that's like yeah. I think is beautiful about it's America. Feelings. Everyone's allowed to have their own damn feeling about something. Yeah. Um, exactly. Now, I, if Chad ever gets mad that you're associating with me because I don't bow to. The thin blue line um just let him know that i have my own feelings and you have your own feelings and it doesn't they don't have to be the same uh i don't know if you will i don't even think i'd make a blip on his radar uh Who knows? but <laughs> I, I think that um i think that everyone's allowed their own opinion that's why it's like when people get butthurt in my comment section i'm like pardon bro that's i mean that's this day and age that's one thing that um i struggle with that like the why nobody can just have their own free thoughts like if you don't have the same thought as somebody else it i don't i don't get it like when I I, either, you man. know when i was younger like it was like promoted and now it's like people freak out when you aren't in the uh the same mentality and i mean you can you can tell i'm i'm chill with everybody i don't like <laughs> I've never had a problem with you. And I've, and I've, I've told you like almost everything I've got a problem with. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we align in some areas, but <laughs> no, but that's what but I'm yeah, saying. Though, I, is it's like, but like, I, I value listening to everybody's opinions and that's uh, same here. I, like, I think that's where like, there's this day and age that's uh, hard to find. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's one thing that's like, I've never, I never wanted to get booted from Chad's group or any other group that I've been booted from. But at the same time, I'm like, if you can't handle my one opinion, like there's obviously a problem here and it's not me. Like I never made any, any derogatory marks towards Chad. I never did anything like that. I just said, Hey, look, you know, I, I think it's kind of inappropriate to, to stand on the stand on the <laughs> graves of people and be like, "Ha, we're better than you. Like, and I think that was the, I think that was a post. It was a cop who had posted like, oh yeah. Like, can you believe these people? And I'm like, you mean the people who stand up for their first amendment, right? Sure. Yeah. I can totally believe them. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, that was one thing, but again, we're getting off on a tangent here. I, yeah. um, I think we've been on here long enough, man. And to be honest, I love having, and I can't wait for you to be back next week and hopefully we can get Mike in here too. Yeah, um, and then I have a, uh, my sister uh, is going to be on a podcast. I'm just going to do a podcast with her come Monday. So okay. um, she is, uh, she's not a gun person whatsoever that doesn't touch them. I don't think, I don't think she's ever been shooting with oh, really? myself or my dad. I think she's been with her husband, um, but I'm going to do a podcast with her this next week. So I'm, I'm very looking forward to that also. So if you guys want a, a non-gun person's ridiculous questions, I'm going to get asked um by my sister if you guys I'm, want to li listen to i that. want to know now <laughs> i'm excited so, to hear this 
so she should be on next week and i'm hoping that uh all that works out um and then yeah man i i can't tell you this was honestly a really long conversation but i had the best fun i've had in a while um so i can't wait for another episode next week so i'm hoping continually friday now we will be putting out an episode friday or saturday we will continually be putting out an episode so if you guys are listening um it's malar will definitely be a a co-host on this podcast so mike is not dead um just temporarily dead um and he will temporarily call me mike (laughs) (laughs) you're not nearly as tall or as black Um, (laughs) but um tell everyone where they can find you malar all right uh it's malar time it's dot m-i-l-l-a-r uh dot time uh on instagram as well as on uh youtube um i also have a uh facebook page going not much traffic on there i think i have three followers but i've got 11 on facebook so i'm (laughs) i'm I'm actually surprised and every once in a while i'll pop in on my facebook thing and i'm like "Uh, i forgot to respond to you (laughs) so go ahead i'm sorry oh no yeah that's uh that's that's all my info um but cool looking forward to next week and then if you guys want to follow me, Hoodlums Gun Bench on YouTube and then Hoodlums underscore gun underscore bench on Instagram and Facebook, I believe is the same thing. Uh, but definitely go give Mike a follow or Mike, uh, go give Mike a follow. Uh, he, Houston, Houston Heat Holders TX. And then um, uh, go give uh, It's Millar Time a follow. Also, he is a awesome guy. I talk to him all the time. I think I blow you up probably more than your wife does on the internet or on the cell phone. But I mean, uh, probably we, we have <laughs> we have a lot of fun talking back and forth. I mean, we're we're discussing night vision. He's a couple of weeks out from night vision, and I'm about a couple of months out from night vision still. But we're gonna have a whole lot of fun with this. So, um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, um, I always say, shoot him in the face. What do you say? Uh, oh, what's my new line? You know, I just broke this out. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stay blessed, run suppressed. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Thanks, man. No, run, run suppressed, stay blessed. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse. <laughs>